0: Good morning, church. It's a joy to gather together to worship and to hear God's word. Mr. has been in Revelation for the past two weeks, so I'll tend to be very close to him. And so let's turn to Jude. Jude is the second last book in the New Testament, so it's just close to Revelation. So please turn to Jude and we're going to study uh, that entire section. Uh, Jude has only one chapter. So so we we normally say Jude verse 3 or Jude 24. So you normally don't don't mention the chapter. So it it, it has only one chapter. So please turn to Jude and then uh, we'll find our study in Jude this morning jude my focus is going to be in from verse 17 all the way to the end uh, but i'll try to cover uh, the, this entire letter of jude for our context so uh, jude and let's read from verse 17 to verse 24. but you must remember beloved the predictions Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating evil the garment stained by flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. My brothers and sisters, the title of my sermon this morning is A Call to Contend for the Faith. It's a call to contend for the faith. And I want us to look at Uh, This subject under these five headings that we must remember our identity, reinforce ourselves by the truth, refute false teachers, rescue the lost, and refocus our attention on God. There are many ways in which the Christian faith is under threat today and especially in our country. We see the threat of syncretism and the so-called decolonization of Christianity. And so here we are, we are talking about the idea here where people say Christianity is a white man's religion. We need to take only what works for us as black people. Christianity is an imperialist tool used by white people to control black people. We need a modified Christianity that permits our African religious beliefs, traditions, and rituals. There are some prominent voices today who are making the case for this in our country. There are people like Joshua Maponga and Dr. Matole Motecha. In fact, in a, in a recent radio interview, Dr. Matole Motecha said this about Jesus Christ. He says, Jesus was a black man born of a black woman, And married to a black woman. See, the idea here is that we must abandon all history, we must disregard the Bible and pledge allegiance to blackness and Africanness. We have another threat to Christianity which is the threat of mainstream media portraying the Christian life and Bible teachings as irrelevant, mindless, and outdated. Well, how often have you seen on on TV or, or, or listening on the radio or when you watch Netflix or, or in movies, you see this this gross misrepresentation of what true Christianity is. We see this direct attack on the Bible and Christian morality. How often do we you watch a TV show and and you see in the family structure where there is a man in the home most of the time what is the character of that man he is either an aggressive abuser or a spineless passive man if there's a pastor what is the character of that pastor most of the time in the movies and in TV shows if he's not stealing money from the church he is engaged in immoral relationships with people in the church. There's this media that misrepresents Christian teachings such as roles in the home as oppression. They speak about them as oppression. There is a normalization of everything that the Bible condemns. We also see the danger of celebrities who are not well-trained speaking as spokespersons of Christianity. How often have you ever seen celebrities who have have been born again or who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour and they are being catapulted to leadership in Christianity? It is as if these people can now explain to everyone in the world what Christianity is all about. And, and most of the time, they do blunders after blunders, misrepresenting what the Bible teaches. They attempt to answer questions that they are not qualified to answer. They give distorted views of the Christian faith, and they say unbiblical things and opinions that go contrary to Scripture. Do I, do I even have to mention the danger of the health and wealth, prosperity gospel, prosperity preachers? money mongers and and scammers and charlatans who are scamming people in the name of God. There's also the danger within our hearts, the danger in our hearts to accommodate and excuse sin. But Jude here points us to this subtle but dangerous danger. Brothers and sisters, as we come to the beginning of the year, I want you to contend for the faith. I want you to defend the true Christian faith. And so let's turn our attention to Jude and see what exactly is he pointing us to? What is this danger that believers need to be aware of? Look at verse 1. It says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, and to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Look at verse 3. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that has once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now Jude says there's a pressing matter that I want to deal with this, this urgent concern. In verse 4 he gives us here what this urgent concern is. He says certain people have crept in unnoticed. You see, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, and he gives the character of these people, they're ungodly people. They pervert the grace of God into sensuality, and they deny our only master, Jesus Christ. And Jude says, we cannot ignore this matter. It is of serious concern. It deserves complete attention. There are false teachers in the church, and they must be dealt with. He says, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to appeal to you to contend for the faith. Uh, Eugene Peterson renders... This verse, this way, he uh, he has written a paraphrase of the Bible, and he renders, he paraphrases this section this way. He says, "Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write to you about this life of salvation that we have in common. I have to write, insisting, begging that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift." He says, "I am insisting. I am begging." I want you to fight with everything that you have in you for this faith. Now, what do we do when the Christian faith is under attack? What do we do when we get disappointed by Christian leaders who we once trusted? What do we do when it seems like the devil is winning? What do we do when there is an infiltration of false teaching in the church? What has been... The common response in our day, people talk about deconstructing their faith. People say, I have left the church, but I have not left God. Today people say, you know, I no longer identify as a Christian, but I am spiritual. See the common response to false teaching and opposition today is for people to be complacent, to be cynical. It is for people to capitulate to sin. It is for people to give up altogether, to call it a day and to say, I am done with Christianity. But what is our text telling us today? It says, contend for the faith. Fight with everything that you have in you for this faith that has been entrusted to us as a gift. Now, how do we do this? For time together, I want us to get a strategy contending for the faith so we can be firm and steadfast during attacks from false teachers and I'm going to launch from verse 20 let's turn to verse 20 but you beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads eternal life See, Jude begins with reminding these believers of their identity. Remember who you are, remember your identity. Listen to how he calls them. He says, beloved in verse 20. A beloved. This is a hyperlink to verse 3. And it it, it, it takes us back to, to, to verse 1, where Jude gives the identity of these believers. You see, in verse 1, it says Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are who are called, who are beloved in God the Father, and who are kept for Jesus Christ. Jude starts here. He reminds these believers of their identity. He says, Remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are the beloved of God. You are the kept of God. You are the called of God and this is who you are. This is your identity. Why does he do this? What is the purpose of reminding us about our identity when we are facing false teachers? It is because The strategy of false teachers is to attack the way of salvation, to attack the nature of salvation, to attack the security of salvation, and to attack the identity of believers. In other words, all false teachers come saying, we have another option. We have another way for you to be saved. They say, you need to perform these rituals, these traditions, then you will be saved. They say only if you do this and that then you will have security you see false teachers come and attack the identity of believers they are standing between god they say jesus is just the first step in salvation but there's more you need to do more come on don't you ever believe the lie Is Jesus enough? Jesus is just the first step. Wake up. They say the work of Christ is not complete. God still has issue with you and we have this secret remedy. So Jude starts here. He reminds his hearers that the goal of false teachers is to attack Christ and his finished work of salvation. And the goal of false teachers is to attack your identity in Christ. False teachers want to subtract from Christ and false teachers want to add to Christ. And the idea here is that Jesus Christ is not enough. The accomplishments of Jesus Christ are not enough. We need to supplement to him. So Jude says, remember who you are. You are enough in Christ. Remember your identity. And in verse one he says, you are the beloved in God the Father. Believers are those who have experienced the rich love of God the Father. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. Romans 5, 8. But God shows, God demonstrates his love to us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He says, you are the called you are the called out once the called by the gospel through the gospel message second timothy chapter 1 verse 8 therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our lord nor of me his prisoner but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of god who who saved us and he called us to a holy calling all true believers are the called out ones. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 it says god chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth verse 14 it says to this he called you through the gospel so that you may obtain the glory brothers and sisters you are the beloved of god you are the called of god and when false teaching attacks at that point and say god is angry with you you need to remind yourself that i am the beloved of god when false teachers say you could never be saved by god you respond here that i am the called out one by god believers are those who are set apart they are separate salvation is not what you achieved but it's what God accomplished. And so when false teachers say you have to do these three, these three things, these four things to be accepted by God, you need to remember that I am the called out one by God. I don't need to do three things to be accepted by God. Salvation is not what I accomplish, it's what God has achieved. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And Jude does not just stop here. He says, false teachers want to attack the eternal security of believers. False teachers say, okay, all right, I hear you. You've been saved by God. You've been called by God. But now you have lost that salvation. And Jude reminds them, he says, you are the kept. Believers are the kept. They are not just the kept, but they are those who are kept by God himself. Jude, there at the end, now, verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy. You are the preserved ones. You are the secure ones, the safe ones. Remember who you are, brothers and sisters. Are you in tune with your identity and your standing before God? Remember who you are. Victory over sin and defense for the faith begins with a clear understanding of who we are before God. Understand your identity. Do you want to gain a strong assurance in your faith? Do you want to gain victory over sin? Do you want to destroy all forms of complacency? Do you want to avoid cynicism? Do you want to avoid lethargy? You want to conquer lethargy remind yourself about your standing before god you're the beloved of god you are the called out one by god and you are the kept by god know who you are remember who you are now we come to our next consideration reinforce yourself in the truth Let's look together there at verse 20. It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Reinforce yourself in the truth. The key thought and... And the particular command in this session, in this section, is found in verse twenty-one: "Keep yourselves in the love of God." This is the main thrust and the main imperative. Imperative. This is the command. The other statements around it explain how we are going to do that. But the main command is: "Keep yourselves in the love of God." Well, first we need to understand what this does not mean. This does not mean that you must make yourselves loved by God. What's your identity? You are God's beloved. The meaning here is live in such a way that shows that you love God. In other words, reinforce yourself in the truth so that it's clear to everyone that you love God. You get that? Reinforce yourself in the truth, and in in this text we see three steps in how we're going to reinforce ourselves in the truth. And it says, first, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Now, how do we how do we build ourselves up? As it says that in verse twenty, what does it mean to build yourself up? And the idea here is is the image here of of a building or a a wall the idea here is you need to secure yourself with the teachings of the bible secure yourself with the truth of god's word fortify yourself the picture here is that a christian who is not well versed and well taught in the truth of god's word is exposed to false teachers you see the idea here is that you are in a jungle full of lions and and other dangerous animals that want to attack you and build a wall around yourself fortify yourself Safeguard yourself, defend yourself, arm yourself, protect yourself, build yourselves up. And where? In your most holy faith. Look at verse 3. I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that has once for all delivered to the saints. People say, you know, uh, this. Don't tell me about doctrine, man. Just let's love one another. You see, that's that's the way of Christ, you see. Brothers and sisters, Christianity is based on truth. It's based on doctrine. It's based on teachings that were once delivered to the saints. It is based on the Bible. There is no Christian life apart from Christian doctrine. There is no love one another apart from loving the truth of God's way. The message of Jude is simply this, build yourself up in the truth of the Bible. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. You need to diligently think right about the Christian faith and doctrine. You need to hold firmly the Christian faith. You need to hold fast the gospel truth. You need to study the scriptures. You need to search them. You need to mark them. You need to highlight them you need to digest them and you need to believe what the bible teaches you must believe the truth about god that god is the creator and sustainer of everything and everyone That god is is eternal he is infinite he is unchangeable in his power and perfection in his goodness and glory in his wisdom justice and truth and nothing happens except from his will We need to believe the truth about who God is. We need to believe the truth about the Trinity, that there are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same substance, equal in power and glory. We need to believe the truth about the Bible, that the Bible is the perfect word of God. Our only rule to direct us on how we may live and glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We need to believe the truth about creation. That God created us, male and female, in his own image, to know him, to love him, to live with him, to glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live for his glory. We need to believe the truth about sin. That for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans three twenty-three. We need to believe the truth about salvation. That our only hope in life and death is that I am not my own. But I was bought with a price. That Christ has died for me, and because of Him, I can live. We need to believe the truth about how God saves sinners. That God shows His love for us. That while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans five, verse eight. We need to believe truth about eternal security. First John two. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous judge. We must believe the truth about the Christian life, that the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce all ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Build yourself in your most holy faith. Brothers and sisters, we need to stand firm for the truth. And not compromise. And as Pretoria West Bible Church, we stand upon the word of God and will not move. We will not compromise. Here are some opportunities for you to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Gospel community groups. Uh, gospel community groups will start in in February. Are you? Are you? planning to attend one make a commitment to to be faithful to attend a gospel community group do you prepare for it do you ask questions do you interact do you go there with an intention to learn and fellowship Another way to build yourself up in your most holy faith is you need to communicate clearly with the elders. You seek counsel from your leaders. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. make a commitment to become a member of the church? Do you ask for counselling? Do you listen intently to sermons? Do you pursue opportunities to serve others, to serve in ministries? Do you pursue godly friendships? Do you pursue accountability? How about adopting a culture of reading? You build yourself up in your most holy faith also by teaching the next generation. Are there people that you can teach something that you've learned from the Bible? Even in your families, do you spend time in your family to do family worship, to read the Bible, to explain it, to sing and to pray? We need to reinforce ourselves in the truth. And here, this first step, it says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Truth reinforcement begins with building ourselves up in the most holy faith. And then, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's what this text says, praying in the Holy Spirit. See, praying in the Holy Spirit is is praying depending upon the Holy Spirit. It is praying in submission to the Holy Spirit. It is a realization here that false teaching is in the spiritual realm. We do not fight against flesh and blood. And you need to realize that the fight against false teaching is a spiritual fight. And you must not merely rely on your debating skills, on your argumentation skills. You need to depend prayerfully upon God to help you as you interact with false teachers. You need to pray confidently and pray as one who has a great high priest. Pray boldly. Pray according to scripture. Pray consistently and pray persistently. the, The Bible here reminds us that the Christian warfare requires us to be dependent upon God all the time. And we need to be a praying church. We need to to be a church that prays that God would strengthen us when we are face-to-face with false teaching, when we are face-to-face with temptation, and when we are face-to-face with anything that wants us to move away from God. And then this last step here is waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And the idea here is that we need to look forward to the return of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14, it says, we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come, a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Do you look forward to the return of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ? Do you look forward to an eternity in the presence of God? Jonathan Edwards says this, he says, the enjoyment of God is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. To go to heaven fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here fathers and mothers, husbands, wives or children, or the company of earthly friends are but shadows, but Christ is the substance. These are but scattered beams, but God is the sun. These are but streams, but God is the ocean. And friends, the Bible here tells us that if our minds are centered around this desire to be in this unmitigated presence of God, our agency to fight false teaching and our agency to not capitulate to sin will be stronger and stronger. We need to be those who dwell in and think about what it would mean to be with God in heaven, in eternity. In heaven, we will be constantly amazed with God, and we'll be more in love with God. And in heaven, we will enjoy His presence and our relationship with Him. And our experience of God will never reach its consummation. We will never finally arrive. Our experience with God will never become stay. And our joy in God will deepen and will develop. It will intensify, it will amplify, it will unfold and increase and broaden and balloon. Our rejoicing in God will sharpen and spread and extend and progress and mature and flower and blossom and widen and stretch. You see our enjoyment in god will snowball and inflate and lengthen it will advance and proliferate it will accumulate it will accelerate and multiply and heighten and it will reach a crescendo that will even be the beginning of an eternity of new and fresh insights into the majesty of who god is brothers and sisters this Is what is awaiting us in heaven. First John chapter three. It says see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called the children of God and so we are the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him and beloved we are God's children now and what will what will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure so a constant Meditation upon the glories of heaven are equal to self-purification. Now, brothers and sisters, we come to a third strategy here in defending the faith, and we are called to refute the false. Refute the false. And just look at verse 4. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. And look at verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, In the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the spirit. False teachers must be refuted because they are subtle and dangerous. In these verses here, we see the profile of false teachers. In verse 4, we are told that they pervert the grace of our God into sensuality. You see, these people who say God is gracious and therefore we can continue living in gross immorality, we can continue living in unrestrained sin, and we can continue living shameful lifestyles. And you, here's their mantra: they say, "Come as you are, and stay as you are." God is a God of infinite grace. You see how subtle false teachers are. They, they. They speak, they use the same terms, they even speak the same language, but they have a different dictionary. They talk about the grace of God, but their understanding of the grace of God is that the grace of God is licensed to sin. Look how they describe the profile of false teachers. They deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. They undermine Jesus Christ. They make light of him, they treat him as insignificant. You see you will see false teachers not only by what they teach but by how they live. Verse 4 tells us they are ungodly, they are morally perverted, they deny Christ. Verse 8 tells us that they defile the flesh, they are rebellious they revile holy angels. Verse 10 tells us that they are dreamers, they are ignorant, they are corrupted, they are grumblers. Verse 16, they are fault finders, they are self-seeking, they are arrogant speakers, they are flatterers. Verse 18 says they are mockers. Verse 19, they cause divisions, they are worldly minded, they are without the spirit. There is no space for false teachers in the church. To accommodate false teaching in the church is to partake in their falsehood. Paul writes to Timothy and he calls him to mark these words, 1 Timothy 3 verse 14 to 15. He says, I hope to come to see you soon, but I'm writing these things so that if I'm delayed, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, or how one ought to behave in the church, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of truth. He says here that the church is the pillar and buttress of truth and here he says he says I, I want you to mark these words if, if, if I'm delayed or, or, or I don't come at all this is what you should know that the church exists to be a pillar and buttress of truth the church exists to defend the truth of God's word. The church exists to tell people the truth about who God is, about who Jesus Christ is, what sin is, how man is to be saved, what is the nature of man, and what is the nature of true salvation. Ephesians chapter 5, 7, Descend what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. You see... May we become a descending church. May we test everything by God's way. As this year begins, may we stand firm on God's truth. Let us be a church that defends the faith and let us be Christians who push back against the lie of the world. May we be believers who push back against the false teaching, the heresy and the lies that the world are saying about Christianity. Let's consider our fourth strategy, we are called to be rescuers. Look at our fourth point, in defending the faith, we have a responsibility to rescue the lost. Look at verse 22, have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire, to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. See, in these verses we see the way, the the progression, the way in which false teaching affects its victims. See, the process begins with planting doubt. See, false teachers want you to doubt biblical truth. And then it, it proceeds with an indoctrination of false teaching. And then ultimately it affects how you live and so brothers and sisters I want to warn you that there is consequences to ideas there's consequences to what you believe show me what you believe and I will tell you how you live well let me also say this let me see how you live and I will tell you what you believe one who who lives a life of total disregard to what God commands, tells you that they have a total disregard to the very God who makes commands. Jude is saying, now, have mercy, snatch them out of the fire. Show them mercy, but do this with fear, making sure that you are not affected by their false teaching. Approach those who are entangled in heresy with the truth. Of the Bible Galatians 6 says brothers if anyone is caught in any transgressions you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourselves lest you too be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ and so uh, the warning here is be careful uh, don't think that you are you you are you are so uh, 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 biblically trained and and theologically astute that you can take false teachers one on one and mano a mano. You need to know that false teachers bring their best of the best, and so so don't don't have uh, uh, this self confidence. That I'll, I'll walk up to those Jehovah's Witnesses. Today I want to solve them one-on-one and teach them about the deity of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the warning here is, is be careful. Be careful. Don't have a high estimate of yourself. And that is why God has put us in a community so that, so, so that we, can, we can all build one another up and be in a community as we defend the faith. Be careful of, of isolation. And that is how false teaching works. Isolation. you know, They want to have a private Bible study with you every Wednesday. It's a private Bible. You don't need to tell your, your pastor about it. It's just me and you and the Bible. And that's how they plant doubt. And that's how the indoctrination starts and that's how your life is altered by this false teaching have mercy snatch them out of the fire show mercy but do this with fear making sure that you are not affected by false teaching let us consider our final point we turn now to the doxology of jude verse 24 to verse 25 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all times and now and forever amen now Jude closes this letter with waves of encouragement and confidence to believers he wants to anchor believers with the truth is sending a reminder to believers that remember this promise God is able to keep. Through, throughout this epistle of Jude, Jude mentions each member of the Trinity and he provides for us a glimpse of how each member is committed to our security in, in our salvation. In verse 5 he says, now I want, you, I want to remind you Although he once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt afterwards, destroyed those who did not believe. He, uh, the reminder here is that Jesus is our savior. And he's the one who saved people out of Egypt. And that this same Jesus is committed to our security. It is he who punished and destroyed the Egyptians who opposed him. And anyone who dares oppose his salvation will be punished and destroyed. Jesus is a powerful and able Savior. And in verse 20 Jude reminds us that it is through the dependence upon the Holy Spirit that we can stand firm in the faith. And now in verse 24, this doxology reminds us that it is God, the omnipotent God who is able to keep you. He wants to bolster your faith. He wants to, to, to put concrete on, on your faith. He wants to give you this confidence. He says, rest in me. He says, remember that God is able to keep you in the face of opposition, in the face of persecution, in the face of the ungodly, in the face of false teachers. Refocus your attention on the glorious splendor and majesty of God remember that god is our refuge god is the only god that god is glorious That god rules with majesty and dominion that god has all authority that god is eternal refocus your attention on god and know that there is security in god and that even if false teachers can infiltrate the church if false teachers can even come against your salvation Your salvation is secure in the hands of a glorious, omnipotent, powerful God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior. Through Jesus, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.